Ja? Someone help! Ah, heißt, oh, oh, you, you with the banjo. Uh, can you help me? Yeah. I have lost my sense of direction. Uh, have you tried Harry Krishna? Uh, no. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Thank you especially everybody who does that. And of course, extra special thanks to those of you that have been listening throughout this entire top 40 list from 1979. This is it. This is part four. So if this is your first episode, go back three episodes to part one, episode 330, and start this countdown properly. For those of you that have already done that, uh, I'm going to actually tease the top 10 just a little bit longer here. I actually got an email, and even better, I got an email list of someone's own personal songs from 1979. My friend Steve out in California sent me his top 20 songs from 1979. So I'm going to actually go down this list here because he also asked me, I'm curious as to how many of these made it to mine. I will have that answer at the end of his list. And I have a few nitpicks, actually, and because uh, there's there's some good songs in there and I'll explain why a couple of these songs aren't on my list. So here you go. Number 20, Oliver's Army, Elvis Costello. Number 19, Up the Junction by Squeeze. Number 18, Eatin' Rifles by The Jam. Number 17, Love Song by The Damned. 16, Clamp Down by The Clash. 15, Transmission by Joy Division. 14, She's Beyond Good and Evil by The Pop Group. 13, Refugee by Tom Petty. 12, She's Lost Control by Joy Division. Number 11, Rock and Roll High School by The Ramones. Essie right there. Okay, I'm going to stop real quick before we get to his top 10. Uh, that That's a good one there, Rock and Roll High School. I will say, and, and put an asterisk on my list, I forgot about the movie being out that year. I'm always used to Rock and Roll High School being a song from 1980 because of that reason, because of its inclusion, albeit a different mix, on End of the Century. So... That's a big one missing from my list. So that would have been on my list had I realized and made that connection because I was literally going through albums lists. So I missed soundtracks. So I probably missed a few other songs for that reason. But hey, uh, the list is done now. So there's nothing I can do about it. Number 10, California Uber Alice, Dead Kennedys. Once again, that's uh, kind of more of a single release, and I wasn't thinking about it uh, when it came to that. I did remember a few singles, as you will actually hear in this top 10, but I totally forgot about California Uber Alice, so another good one. You got me there, Steve. Also with your number 9, Bella Lugosi's Dead by Bauhaus. That should have been on my list had I thought about it, but since it was a single only or EP release or whatever you want, totally missed out on that. So you schooled me on uh, those last three right there. So good stuff. Uh, number eight, Powderfinger by Neil Young. Number seven, Teenage Kicks by The Undertones. Six, Starry Eyes by The Records. Five, Accents Will Happen by Elvis Costello. Number four, Human Fly by The Cramps. Three, London Calling Clash. Two, What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding, Elvis Costello. And his number one is Hey, Hey, My, My by Neil Young. Okay, so another quick uh, thing I wanted to point out here, and uh, I'm not bagging on you, Steve, because you know I love you. Teenage Kicks by The Intertones absolutely would have been my number one song on this list had it come out in 1979 its official release was in 1978 that's why i did not include teenage kicks by the intertones one of the most perfect songs ever 
just is not on my countdown for that reason. Uh, also, Human Fly by the Cramps, also 1978. Sorry, so that's why it's not on my list. Now, I understand you might have been rocking those songs in 1979, but I had to go with Official Official being released in that year, which is uh, why, you know, it helped me make cuts, honestly. So there you go. Uh, you know, Undertone, Teenage Kicks would have been number one number one best song of 1978 so spoiler for whenever i make that list all right but i gotta say steven i appreciate this i appreciate you taking the time and sending me this list uh so yeah awesome thank you very much and thanks for the birthday wishes of course it's good to hear from you and i'm glad you're still listening to the show and steve was saying i'm curious as to how many made it to your countdown i will say one actual song made it from your list Obviously, we match on some of the artists, and you'll hear a few more of those later on in this episode. But for now, the actual match we did have, your number two, my number ten, What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding by Elvis Costello. Turn it up. Oh, 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 
that song never fails. To this day, that's still a roll the window down, turn it up as loud as you can, and sing it at the top of your lungs because it is that great and it still means as much or more today as it did then. Uh, a Niccolo Elvis Costello jam right there. What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding from EC's third album, Armed Forces. Good one right there. And if you are across the pond, then you didn't get that song, Unarmed Forces. Uh, we did in the U.S., so I'm counting it. All right. Now, uh, here's one that's unmistakably American, and arguably one of the greatest American acts of all time, and I would have said that years and years and years ago, not just lately, as you would know, longtime friends of the show. I was going to say a perennial favorite of Rock Strikes 10, but everybody in this top 10 is a perennial favorite. And as well, in addition to being, I'm not trying to cop out here, but really honestly, this entire top 10 kind of ties for one with me. It was really the, the day that I finalized this list is how much I was feeling each song individually. So uh, this is really just the 10 best songs of 1979. So don't read too much into the rankings here, because just look Looking at this list, I'm like, ugh, any of these could have been number one, honestly. So, there you go. Kind of a cop-out, but I did rank them that day. So, coming in at number nine, which seems too low to me, one of my all-time favorite album closers from one of the all-time great albums, Damn the Torpedoes by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Uh, just love this song to death. I was born in Louisiana, so initially that was my initial draw to it. Simple as that, right? That's all you need. It's the local pop, right? Uh, but yeah, just a great tune. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of the opening off of here because it's got that weird uh, between-song sequencing. Uh, I'm just going to play the song for the most part here, so... I uh, just love this song to death. It always gives me a chill up the spine. And uh, it's one of those great haven't heard it Tom Petty songs for a lot of you out there. So check it out. Number nine, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Louisiana Rain.
even referencing the city of my birth right there, Baton Rouge, the capital of Louisiana. So yeah, holds a near and dear special place in my heart, just like the V right through it. That was Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers with Louisiana Rain from Damn the Torpedoes, arguably their best album. It's it's a phenomenal album, that's for sure, but I'll leave that up to you out there. Whatever your opinion is on the best Petty record is, is your own. So yeah, it's definitely up there. Probably it's top three easily. Moving on to just yet another super-duper important album. All these albums are great, of course, that happen to be coinciding with the top ten songs. There's only actually like one single release that uh, is involved in the top ten here, but we'll leave that one for later. Uh, but off of their fourth album, Dream Police, the great cheap trick coming uh, high off of their massive success with Live at Budokan, which I guess officially did get its release in 1979. And yes, that's the other thing I was going to mention on this show. Another massive asterisk for this episode, no live albums. There are some obvious, super-duper important live albums from 1979, but once again, in the interest of uh, cutting songs into a top 40, I left the live performances off, as much as I am a fan of the classic live album. So, nothing off of Budokan, nothing off of Unleash in the East by Priest, nothing off of uh, UFO Strangers in the Night. So these things, they just had to be done. So I'm sorry, it's just the way it is. So yeah, Cheap Trick made me think of that, of course, because they're so synonymous with what they did in 79, following up Budokan right away with Dream Police. And uh, it's, a, it's a great record. It's definitely one of the essential Cheap Trick albums for sure. Uh, definitely started some experimentation here. Longer songs, uh, bringing in the strings and, you know, things like that. But, you know, Tom Worman did a great job on this record and it's just a solid, solid release. You should have it. One of the best gate folds of all time. One of the best billboards of all time. <laughs> yes. And uh, I love this song. As long as it is, it never gets old for me. And now the added bonus of uh, I cannot listen to this song anymore without thinking of the now classic Freaks and Geeks Halloween episode. So you might as well, but if you have it, definitely go check that out so here you go until then with my cat crying in the background this is cheap trick with gonna raise hell
And uh, believe it or not, as much as I love that song, that is not the first version I ever heard of that song. Uh, for those of you who might know me pretty well, it would not surprise you to know that actually Sam Kinison's cover of that song on his Leader of the Band album is actually the first time I ever heard Gonna Race Hell. It's a shit-hot cover. You really should check it out. I mean, he had the pipes to do that song. And uh, I think it even referenced in the Brother Sam book by Bill Kinison that they uh, used to listen to the Dream Police album uh, when they were growing up. And uh, Artie on the Road as Evangelist and uh, loved that song, Gonna Race Hell. That was one of the inspirations for Kinison's Yell. So there you go. Fun fact, if you didn't know that already. Moving on here to uh, yet another great American band that was really hitting its stride around this time, Blondie who had uh, just come off a massive album in Parallel Lines the year before, uh, put out E to the Beat in 79. Actually, you know, I mean, maybe it's just overplayness on some of those songs on Parallel Lines. I, I kind of lean towards E to the Beat being a better Blondie album, but, I mean, that's definitely apples and oranges. They're both great, but, uh, yeah, I think it's probably just because the inclusion of this song and the song Atomic is why I think Eat to the Beat kind of nudges out parallel lines. So, yeah, give me the uh, awesome epicness of Atomic and this song. Uh, one of the more perfect songs ever committed to tape from Eat to the Beat by the great Blondie. Check this one out. This is Union City Blue.
special shout out there to Logan, extended family member of cnjradio.com and Rock Strikes 10. Actually showed up for the big birthday bash, so thank you so much, Logan, for that. He'll be back on the show sooner than later. Got some death to talk about, but uh, that one is especially dedicated to Logan because I know he told me years ago that Debbie Harry was his first crush ever, I think along with the gals in ABBA. But I think Debbie Harry was like truly the be-all end-all at that point, as I can imagine any red-blooded American male at that point was definitely had to be all about Debbie Harry if if that's where your bread was buttered. So yeah, greatness. All right. Union City Blue. God, what a great freaking song that is. Oh my God. And of course, the songs just get better and better, right? Or at least they're just as good as the one that preceded it. Further proof here is this other great album closer here from this gentleman's debut album. Came right out of the gate with a classic debut album Joe Jackson did with Look Sharp. And maybe you know this version. Maybe you know performed by another band. Either way, I imagine if you're listening to this show, you know this song in some form or fashion, and both versions are great. Uh, Yeah, and I've actually uh, seen this song performed live by both acts, so I'm very lucky in that respect. What song may that be, you ask? Well, of course, it's got the time.
Ah, yes, there you go. The Great Got the Time by Joe Jackson and the original Joe Jackson band right there. Uh, weirdly enough, you know, it's such a, a bass-friendly song. Actually, both bass players, uh, both uh, Graham Maybe of the Joe Jackson Band, and of course, you might know that song as an Anthrax song as well. Frankie Bello doing a great bass solo on their version of Forgot the Time. Both of those bass players still play with those acts currently, and I think that's really super cool and rare in this day and age of course uh we're at halfway through the show here so uh you know we're gonna have a little halftime show here and uh hey look at this as luck would have it good timing chris is actually here the c of c and j radio hey what's up hey yeah, chris just, just wandered by heard you talking thought i'd walk in yeah well thanks for coming to my yeah. uh my four-parter birthday epic and dropping by. It's it's wouldn't be a party without you. Happy birthday! Oh, yeah. belated by this point, but sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, basically, I, I didn't want to let as and as anybody that could tell by listening to yeah the intros to each of these particular episodes go. I, I didn't want to let the year go of 1979 without actually talking about some of the good cinema, and I wanted to tie it in a little bit to uh, last theater podcast of cnjradio.com, which you uh, you keep the lights on. With that, uh, and we got some great stuff coming up for it. Yeah, I've got some stuff planned out, stuff I've actually been writing on, so yeah, big stuff. Yeah, so uh, I'm a huge fan of 70s cinema, as I, I know you are, Chris. Yeah. Uh, just a great time for film. It was real renegade, and however, I hate when people have to say, oh, you couldn't make that today. But there probably are a handful of films that you couldn't make today, or at least not the same exact yeah, way. it wouldn't be the same, because yeah. a, a lot of movies, especially in the 70s, there's so much change in society and everything. And I know there, there always is. Every decade has something that changes. Exactly. But, but you could see it just looking at the different movies that were coming out, from the bigger pictures to the smaller pictures. And it was a time when more people were able to make movies, which would keep going through the 80s with new technologies and whatnot. But yeah. It, yeah, it almost seemed like every like American-based film was pretty much like New York City, New York City. Like, there's a, unless you like the exploitation films actually went more into a California territory. But yeah. as a concern, like you think of like a Saturday Night Fever, that like I, th- I still think a lot of people haven't really even seen that movie because it's not yeah, the movie that you think it's gonna be. Yeah, and that ties in with gritty '70s cinema, sure as well. So I, I put together a list. It's not all s- gritty. <laughs> But yeah. I put together a list of my favorite movies from 1979. I gave the list to Chris, and I said, whittle it down. He came up with five out of probably about a baker's dozen or so that I listed. That, yeah. And uh, so what do you got, Chris? What do you think are the five movies from 1979 that you just have to see? I think a lot of this, like the list, I tried to look at what you provided me and come up with something that was kind of representative of kind of a broader spectrum um, and if you listen to The Last Theater, you know what my tastes, my personal tastes are, which are pretty broad, but I do focus in on certain things, which you'll probably see in my list. I think one of the movies that you had on your list that is required watching for anybody that claims to be a fan of movies is, of course, Apocalypse Now. You have to watch that movie. I don't care if you come out of it and you don't like it and you think it was boring. You have to watch it to be able to talk uh, coherently and to form good opinions about movies, it's one of those. It's it's like if you go to school, you have to watch it. It's that kind of thing. Sure. Uh, uh, real quick on the spot, rank the top three Vietnam films according to popular opinion: Platoon, Full Metal Jacket, Apocalypse Now. Uh, it's based I, off of the memory you have of it. I would watch Platoon more than the others, so I'll put that at the wow. top. I'll okay. put Apocalypse Now on the center. Okay. And Full Metal Jacket. 
Not... Yeah, yeah, I'll put it. That's one, two, three. Wow, okay, okay, good. Just right on the my head. Johnny on the spot. All right, what else you got there? Apocalypse Now, yeah, it's amazing. I, In case you're wondering what the intro part for part two was, that was actually from Apocalypse Now Redo, which I recommend that version. If Especially if you've never seen Apocalypse Now, you might as well watch yeah. the Redo version. Might as well get all of it. <laughs> watch the long version. Yeah. But that's what that's from, in case you're wondering what the French guy was talking about, just hitting that guy right over the head with an amazing piece of dialogue there. Uh, but yes, okay, what else you got, Chris? Uh, the Warriors is, I love The Warriors. It's You were talking about exploitation. It's not necessarily exploitation, but it's very genre. And Enough, kind yeah. of in that, in that sort of genre-ish a bit. Yeah, that's kind of a rock and roll movie also yeah. on top of everything else. 70s classic, cult classic, if yeah. you will. That was the part one intro. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, of course, the come out and play. You guys, uh, Twisted Sister fans will know that. Yeah. Uh, Man, that's a great movie. It's iconic, and it's super easy to watch. I could yeah. watch it over and over, like, day after day. So, yeah. uh, besides the Baseball Furies, who <sighs> who are the best? What, what's the coolest gang besides that? Yeah, I don't know on the spot. I mean, that's the one I... <laughs> it's the most memorable. The guys on overalls with the roller skates kind of uh, <laughs> yeah. kind of dig that. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to watch it again, because it's yeah. so... I can't, I can't decide. Sure, yeah, fair enough. Okay, because no, nothing really beats a Baseball Furies. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. All right. Even though they uh, they grounded out at second or something like that. <laughs> uh, so yes, what what we got now? What we got next? I think next up. These got, are in no order, right? By the no, way, no, this okay. isn't order. You, you can't really order. rank these yeah. in, uh, next to each other. <laughs> I think my favorite funny movie you put on the list was The Jerk. Of course, nice. It's, it's, I love it. It's it's that's that stupid comedy, and the I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's that's the peak of Steve Martin's fame. I think yeah. uh, just just. After it was just about done with being a stand-up, transitioning yeah. into film, very important movie for him. Carl Reiner is a comic genius, I, yeah. in my opinion, so can't lose. I like I like the appearance that he actually has in his own film, where he plays a victim of the glasses. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's and it's super quotable too. Yeah, I was about to say that exact thing. Is like I quote certain phrases from it a lot. Yeah. So part three intro, by the way, just, you probably <laughs> figured that anybody would have to be able to figure that out, I can imagine. Yeah. You hear his voice and you know it's just him. So, all right. What we got next? Number four on my list, again, in no particular order, Phantasm. Ooh. I love that movie. It's super weird and it's not for everyone at all, but it's it's one of those what did I just watch kind of movies because it has, I don't know, I don't even know how to describe it necessarily, but there's a whole bunch of blood um, I remember they had given it an X rating initially because of the blood with the, the sphere yeah. in people's heads. So they put more blood in it to make it ridiculous to, <laughs> to where it to went back it. to an R. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I was actually surprised to see that in the movies of 1979. I thought yeah. it was like maybe early 80s. Mm. But oh, the, I, the gore and blood. Well, yeah, there's that. And I just couldn't believe it was from 79. But oh, also... Yeah. Like, I can't imagine how much... It, it couldn't have made that much in in the cinema. No, I don't, I don't think it did. I don't really know for sure, but, I mean, it, it wasn't a big movie. It was, yeah. It's a low lower-budget sure. indie kind of film. Big but, cult film to this day. Yeah. But I remember the second one actually did get a big theatrical push at the time. Yeah. I, mean, I do remember that. I, I sort of remember that. Yeah. So, all right, cool. A little underdog there, Phantasm. I like it. Yeah. And my last movie on the list is not an underdog at all. It is one of the greatest movies ever made. It's Alien. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't beat it. I hate when people say Aliens is better because it's not. It's not. (laughs) It's awesome. It's like people saying Evil Dead 2 is better. Mm, Uh, No, I think the first one's better. The scarier movie is always better. Yeah. And uh, it's a. It's 
probably the greatest haunted house film of all time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you want to put it on the list of great haunted house films. It, People never think about it that yeah, way, but it totally is. It is, yeah, And even, even more so because there's no escape. There's, yeah. there's, there's almost literally no escape. Yeah, yeah. With massive consequences is the only way you can escape. Yeah, and it's it's one of those movies that you can put on a, li- a really short list with things like Blade Runner and a few other handful of movies that have influenced directly every single movie of its type that came after it. Like, any movie in space that's a little bit scary, you can point to Alien and say, that's what inspired at least portions of this movie. Yeah, Alien is greatness, yeah. yeah. So, Oh, great list, Chris. Yeah. So, yeah, great movies. Yeah, I'm not even mad that you left out the Muppet movie. It would have been in my <laughs> top five, yeah, but yeah. that's okay. <laughs> that's why I asked you to do yeah, your I list. Yeah, I skew more towards the, the yeah. darker and the action and the, and the cheapo stuff. So. That's quite all right. Uh, the rest of the runners-up, Rocky II, Escape from Alcatraz, Dracula, the... Frank Langella? The Frank Langella version. Yeah. Thank you. I, I can't. I can never remember his name when I need to remember <laughs> it. It's weird. I love that guy though. Yeah. Uh, the Amityville Horror, Monty Python's Life of Brian, Patrick, which I was wondering if you were going to grab that one or not. Yeah. Uh, the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie, personal favorite, mm-hmm. and 1941. Cool. So, all That's right. Good list. All right. Good year. Cool. Let's get back to the countdown. All right. And yes, continuing on with the countdown. It's awesome of Chris to drop by. It's it's rare that he's on Rock Strikes Tim, but it's always great when he's on. So uh, that was awesome. So hope you enjoyed that little uh, break at the movies here. We're going to get back into the music. And of course, from an album that should be in anybody's catalog, no matter what year it's from, but it just happens to be from 1979. So not only one of 1979's greatest albums of all time, but one of the greatest albums of all time. And I'll say that a few more times before I leave the air tonight. Uh, of course, from the Highway to Hell album by ACDC, uh, bittersweet album and, and it was a massive triumph for the band but also bond scott's last before he would die of misadventure uh but you know what a way to go out man i mean every i, I don't think there's really a bad song on here i don't think there's any filler at all it's it's all good and uh there's just especially those real up-tempo numbers really get me and this is i can't believe this isn't a more popular song in the acdc fandom it's just such a good barn burner right here so uh this one just gets the shaft and i don't understand why i feel the same way about rocker from dirty deeds man what a great song but this one right here i don't recall it ever being played live in any kind of memory that i have of just kind of reading stuff over the years i've certainly never heard it live uh but this one my favorite song off of Highway to Hell is actually Get It Hot.
one of the more appropriately named songs of all time, Get It Hot right there by ACDC off of their triumphant album Highway to Hell, their first of three albums in a row produced by Mutt Lang, super producer Mutt Lang, and I think those records are great, and uh, you know, they, they always talk about how he has a polished sound and everything, but I mean, you can't argue with any of those records, I don't think, you know. And I like the George Young stuff too, but uh, yeah, those Mutt Lang albums are truly classic for a reason. All right. Uh, a band that uh, thankfully did not uh, receive any kind of sophomore slump status with their second album uh, that was put out in 1979 after a five-star debut. A, a stellar performance. A 10, as the lead singer would say. Van Halen with Van Halen 2. And some hardcore fans argue about whether or not Van Halen 2 is actually better than Van Halen 1 song for song. I actually think Van Halen 1 is a slightly better album. Uh, I really love Van Halen 2, but I think 1 is better. But uh, there is something that 2 has that 1 does not, and this amazing, amazing song, which happens to clock in at 3.13. Yes, that matters. So yeah, turn this one up for the neighbors to enjoy. This is Light Up the Sky.
Yeah, actually, I mentioned Anthrax earlier in this episode, and I had actually read at one point that this was one of the songs that they had considered covering around the uh, mid-2000s, if I'm not mistaken. And, man, I would have loved to have heard them attempt Light Up the Sky. I'm sure they would have killed it, as they do with every song they ever cover, ever. But, yeah, there you go. Fun fact there. A missed opportunity. But I guess it's not too late. I definitely could have heard Bush singing it, but course joey would do a great job with it as well so yeah let's uh, let's make that happen anthrax it's not too late it's not all right you're saying like geez uh, joey you've played tom petty you've played van halen you've played acdc well of course knowing me and and no alice did not put out a new album in 1979 i actually have always thought that from the inside was from 1979 turns out it was 78 so that left uh alice off of this list that's why you don't hear him of course uh so yeah odd and strange but of course one of my other favorite favorite favorites kiss of course put out an album in 1979 they did not put out product in the 70s once they started putting out albums and uh dynasty which i'm a big fan of dynasty i've said it many times dynasty is one of my favorite kiss albums of all time critics and naysayers and haters be damned you can call it disco rock all you want there's really only like two or three songs on there that are disco or danceable or what have you. But yeah, I, I love Dynasty and one of the greatest Kiss songs of all time happens to be off of Dynasty and that's Sure Knows Something. And uh, like I said, it's not number one tonight, but you know, it's number one in my heart and everything on here is tied for first. So yeah, there you go. Just for pacing reasons and whatever, uh, I'm going to put it right here. I figured it's a, it's a nice spot. And since, uh, let's see, the number three is tattooed on Peter's arm. So there you go. That's another reason why. So uh, even though he didn't even play on it, so what am I talking about? I don't know. Uh, Anton Fig on drums, Ace Fraley, Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, the 79 studio version of Kiss from the great album Dynasty. And of course, sure knows something. Enjoy.
There you go. Sure knows something. You almost can't talk about that song if you're a fan of it without mentioning how great the unplugged version was. If you haven't heard that, go check that out as well. Beautiful version of that. Really uh, it gave the song some new life. And maybe some people had never heard that song prior to the unplugged version. But yeah, there you go. Sure knows something. From Dynasty. One of my favorite songs and albums from the year I was born. And uh, from possibly my favorite album of the entire year of 1979. Uh, definitely goes in my desert island i should probably commit that to a show at some point i've had some other people do desert islands on here obviously but this one's probably still making the cut from london calling uh, some albums are critically lauded and praised by fans and critics alike and what have you for a reason i believe london calling is one of those albums where it's not overrated it is every bit as good as everybody says it is anybody that's cared and dared to listen to it it's one of the greats and uh the song that actually made me go out and purchase the album finally was not train in vain which you know of course is, is a cool song uh, a song that wasn't even listed on the jacket originally but uh this one when i saw the uh gross point blake movie and i bought the soundtrack to that and I heard this song on there. I'm like, that's a really cool song. I wonder what the rest of the album sounds like. And that's really all it took for me. Simple as that. So the soundtrack is kind of a lost art form as well at this point, I think. And in, uh, in the era of music and where we're at right now, it's kind of sad. You know, <laughs> I could go on and on about that. But let's get back to the music. I've uh, yacked enough tonight. Uh, but yeah, from one of my favorite albums of all time, uh, an early song on the album in this uh, massive double album, London Calling. This is... Rudy Can't Fail. Okay. 
Ryan. A song that was actually about a real person, a person that they knew, a person that was the subject of uh, their movie Rude Boy as well. That was Rudy Can't Fail by The Clash off of the phenomenal five-star must-have law album there, London Calling. Great stuff. And uh, I'm just going to pick this as the number one song and just be done with it. This is the last song you will hear tonight. And honestly, I was really tempted just to further uh, drive the point home I was going to make the uh, both sides of this single the last two songs of the night because uh, there wasn't a better 45 that came out in the year 1979 than this. Uh, you know, the more I think about it, the more I should have played both songs off because I think these are truly perfect songs. And so I'm going to go ahead and go at the A side of this. Now, you, uh, if, if you want to know what the B side is, it's a song called Why Can't I Touch It? And uh, it's just one of the greatest songs ever you hear a song like that and you can't even figure out what year it actually was recorded it's very timeless sounding this one's a little more of the time the one i'm going to play here but equally perfect uh at this point uh pete shelley was just in his uh, zone of writing amazing perfect songs over the course of like three to four years he would just write a handful of perfect songs not a lot of writers have that kind of a run but uh yeah i i think the buzzcocks uh, one of the most ignored bands of their time yeah they, they get some praise here and there but they never became the t-shirt band or anything like that uh, most people you know don't own their records so i still have to call them massively underrated uh they wrote some of the greatest songs of all time like i said the double a side of everybody's happy nowadays and why can't i touch it is in in my upper echelon of the greatest 45s ever made so there you go if you've never heard this song i'm almost kind of jealous you get to hear it for the first time Uh, i've listened to it over and over again like a mental patient over the years and it's just one of my favorite songs ever so there you go uh if i really truly had to rank it this would still probably be number one at the end of the day so there you go closing off the epic four-parter here my top 40 favorite songs of the year 1979. This is the Buzzcocks, and everybody's happy nowadays. You know what to do.
It's a good thing that uh, there are no cameras here in the Rock Strikes 10 studios because I was really dorking out there with the mic just now lip-syncing to the song. With no one around lip-syncing it. Yeah, I know. So It's a little late here. Everybody else in the house is asleep. So uh, Yeah, that's why I have the headphones on. I'm lip-syncing and I'm glad nobody walked in on me just now. It would have been way more embarrassing than getting caught you know, doing the other thing. So yeah, uh, everybody's happy nowadays. A perfect song, in my opinion. Uh, after this episode, please go uh, look up Why Can't I Touch It by the Buzzcocks as well. They put out those two songs at the exact same time in a perfect moment for a band. Uh, rarely do bands get perfect moments such as that, but I, I truly believe that it was just uh, meant to be. And yeah, Buzzcocks. Who'd have thought, right? Uh, you know, if you know me, then it's not a big surprise. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed this countdown. Uh, something for everybody, truly. Let me know uh, if you discovered some stuff on here. Let me know what you liked and what you didn't like and the whole thing please interact with me uh all the links are on cnjradio.com the facebook the twitter and of course every episode of rock strikes 10 including the ones you can no longer get on itunes while you're on there of course check out the multitude of shows on cnjradio.com we're very proud of it it's very robust now there's six shows on cnjradio.com and i can say that with confidence now of course the rest of the shows here our flagship the wrestling house show a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other if you are a uh, fan of pro wrestling or you know someone who is please check out or tell them about the wrestling house show uh, new episodes happening all the time uh, also the synaptic empire audio transmissions with randy brown a true alternative Thanks for the belated birthday wishes there, Randy. Randy's a busy guy, which is why you don't get a weekly synaptic. But when he does it, he brings the quality, and that's all we can ask of him. So, uh, you you know, you only got 100 episodes and change of the synaptic, so it's not too late to become a fan and really catch up and be all in with the synaptic. So uh, that's uh, as much as I would like you to subscribe to it on iTunes and write a review uh, on there or on podchaser.com even. Uh, subscribe to the synaptic. Uh, let Randy know you're listening and uh, catch up with the show. Every show is, uh, they're all snowflakes. They're all amazing. You will hear episodes, you know, with uh, even more variety than I, I have on my show. And that, I truly mean that. Uh, what else we got on here? We referenced The Last Theater with Chris. Uh, new episodes coming soon. We've got some cool stuff uh, happening with that. Also, Talking Rock with myself and the great Mark Striegel of Talking Metal. We have new episodes of that coming out all the time. Uh, we talk about controversial subjects. We talk about just what's going on in the world of rock music and music in general. Uh, so, recent episodes, we actually talked about the Michael Jackson documentary. So, if you want to hear us wax about that subject, uh, a very polarizing subject at that, check out the latest episode of Talking Rock. And I Am Vinyl. 
the long-awaited I Am Vinyl podcast with myself and the great Pete LaRussa will be up. And I, I can almost give you a date here. I don't want to give you a date, but it, it's so close. It'll be out within the month. So just a few more weeks, I Am Vinyl will be live. We've got the logo, and that's really comforting, actually. We've got the best logo in podcasting. Hands down. I, I challenge anybody. It was It's amazing. We'll talk more about this logo in the show later. Uh, but yeah, happening. Just a few weeks, and uh, we're coming right out of the gate with a handful of episodes, so it's going to be great. Speaking of Pete LaRussa, last but not least, and that, that's of course all of the shows on ZNJRadio.com. Six shows? Is that enough? Okay. Ah, but yes, Pete LaRussa from the great space beard they do the outro that we play here on every episode without fail because i love it it's the best go to facebook.com slash band for more information by their amazing latest effort called gone tell them the rock strikes 10 sent you it's money well spent it's true quality music all right is that enough plugs am i done did i finish this four-parter yes i believe i did Thanks to everybody who came out for the actual birthday party, and thank you for everybody that's listening to my voice right now on Rock Strikes 10. That means you were at the party in my heart, and uh, it just means a lot, because as Randy Brown would say, I know you've got every option in the world to listen to everybody else's streaming site, uh, records, streaming, the satellite radio, your own stuff. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my stuff, and uh, it really means a lot. Stick around with me. Tell your friends. At least your cool ones, right? Uh, but yeah, uh, or people just need help with good music sometimes, so tell them too. Even the ones that, you know, are a bit shit. Anyway, that's going to do it. I'm rambling. I'm old now. I'm 40. What are you going to do? All right. Got a bunch of great episodes coming up planned. New music episodes. Long awaited new music episodes. Uh, maybe I'll even do a Motley Crue episode if you're so inclined. If you're having the dirt frenzy like I am. Uh, but yeah, lots of great stuff coming up. Until then. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Have fun. Take it away, Pete.